0: Section fifty five of Commentary on the Epistles of Paul the Apostle to the Corinthians, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Commentary on the Epistles of Paul the Apostle to the Corinthians, Volume One, by John Calvin. Translated by Reverend John Pringle first corinthians twelve verses eight to thirteen for to one is given by the spirit the word of wisdom to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another the gifts of healing by the same spirit to another the working of miracles to another prophecy to another discerning of spirits to another divers kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of tongues but all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit." eight to one is given he now subjoins an enumeration or in other words specifies particular kinds not indeed all of them but such as are sufficient for his present purpose believers says he are endowed with different gifts but let every one acknowledge that he is indebted for whatever he has to the spirit of god for he pours forth his gifts as the sun scatters his rays in every direction as to the difference between these gifts knowledge or understanding and wisdom are taken in different senses in the scriptures but here i take them in the way of less and greater as in colossians two three where they are also joined together when paul says that in christ are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge knowledge therefore in my opinion means acquaintance with sacred things wisdom on the other hand means the perfection of it sometimes prudence is put as it were in the middle place between the two and in that case it denotes skill in applying knowledge to some useful purpose they are it is true very nearly allied but still you observe a difference when they are put together let us then take knowledge as meaning ordinary information and wisdom as including revelations that are of a more secret and sublime order the term faith is employed here to mean a special faith as we shall afterwards see from the context a special faith is of such a kind as does not apprehend christ wholly for redemption righteousness and sanctification but only in so far as miracles are performed in his name judas had a faith of this kind and he wrought miracles too by means of it chrysostom distinguishes it in a somewhat different manner calling it the faith of miracles, not of doctrines. This, however, does not differ much from the interpretation previously mentioned. By the gift of healings, every one knows what is meant. As to the workings of powers, or, as some render it, the operations of influences, there is more occasion for doubt. I am inclined, however, to think, that what is meant is the influence which is exercised against devils, and also against hypocrites when therefore christ and his apostles by authority restrained devils or put them to flight that was energema powerful working and in like manner when paul smote the sorcerer with blindness acts thirteen eleven and when peter struck ananias and sapphira dead upon the spot with a single word the gifts of healing and of miracles therefore serve to manifest the goodness of god but this last, his severity for the destruction of Satan. By prophecy, I understand the singular and choice endowment of unfolding the secret will of God, so that a prophet is a messenger, as it were, between God and man. My reason for taking this view will be explained more fully afterwards. The discerning of spirits was a clearness of perception in forming a judgment as to those who profess to be something, Acts 5.36 i speak not of that natural wisdom by which we are regulated in judging it was a special illumination with which some were endowed by the gift of god the use of it was this that they might not be imposed upon by masks or mere pretenses but might by that spiritual judgment distinguish as by a particular mark the true ministers of christ from the false there was a difference between the knowledge of tongues and the interpretation of them for those who were endowed with the former were in many cases not acquainted with the language of the nation with which they had to deal the interpreters rendered foreign tongues into the native tongue these endowments they did not at that time acquire by labour or study but were put in possession of them by a wonderful revelation of the spirit eleven one and the same spirit distributing hence it follows that those act amiss who having no concern as to participation, break asunder that holy harmony that is fitly adjusted in all its parts, only when under the guidance of the same spirit, all conspire toward one and the same object. He again calls the Corinthians to unity, by reminding them that all have derived from one fountain whatever they possess while he instructs them at the same time that no one has so much as to have enough within himself so as not to require help from others for this is what he means by these words distributing to every one severally as he willeth the spirit of god therefore distributes them among us in order that we may make all contribute to the common advantage to no one does he give all lest any one satisfied with his particular portion should separate himself from others and live solely for himself. The same idea is intended in the adverb severally, as it is of great importance to understand accurately that diversity by which God unites us mutually to one another. Now when will is ascribed to the spirit, and that too in connection with power, we may conclude from this that the spirit is truly and properly God. 12. For as the body is one, He now derives a similitude from the human body, which he makes use of also in Romans 12.4, but it is for a different purpose, as I have already stated above. In that passage, he exhorts every one to be satisfied with his own calling, and not to invade another's territory, as ambition, curiosity, or some other disposition, induces many to take in hand more than is expedient here however he exhorts believers to cleave to each other in a mutual distribution of gifts as they were not conferred upon them by god that every one should enjoy his own separately but that one should help another it is usual however for any society of men or congregation to be called a body as one city constitutes a body and so in like manner one senate and one people Menenius Agrippa, too, in ancient times, when desirous to conciliate the Roman people, when at variance with the Senate, made use of an apologue, not very unlike the doctrine of Paul here. Among Christians, however, the case is very different, for they do not constitute a mere political body, but are the spiritual and mystical body of Christ, as Paul himself afterwards adds, verse 27. The meaning therefore is, though the members of the body are various and have different functions they are nevertheless linked together in such a manner that they coalesce in one we accordingly who are members of christ although we are endowed with various gifts ought notwithstanding to have an eye to that connection which we have in christ so also is christ the name of christ is used here instead of the church because the similitude was intended to apply not to God's only begotten Son, but to us. It is a passage that is full of choice consolation, inasmuch as he calls the church Christ. For Christ confers upon us this honor, that he is willing to be esteemed and recognized, not in himself merely, but also in his members. Hence the same apostle says elsewhere, Ephesians 1.23, that the church is his completion, as if he would, if separated from his members, be incomplete. And certainly, as Augustine elegantly expresses himself in one part of his writings, since we are in Christ a fruit-bearing vine, what are we out of him but dry twigs? John fifteen four. In this, then, our consolation lies, that, as he and the Father are one, so we are one with him. Hence it is that his name is applied to us." 13. For we are all baptized by one Spirit. Here there is a proof brought forward from the effect of baptism. We are, says he, engrafted by baptism into Christ's body, so that we are by a mutual link bound together as members, and live one and the same life. Hence every one that would remain in the church of Christ must necessarily cultivate this fellowship he speaks however of the baptism of believers which is efficacious through the grace of the spirit for in the case of many baptism is merely in the letter the symbol without the reality but believers along with the sacrament receive the reality hence with respect to god this invariably holds good that baptism is an engrafting into the body of christ for god in that ordinance does not represent anything but what he is prepared to accomplish Provided we are on our part capable of it, the apostle also observes here a most admirable medium in teaching that the nature of baptism is to connect us with Christ's body. Lest any one, however, should imagine that this is effected by the outward symbol, he adds that it is the work of the Holy Spirit. Whether Jews or Greeks he specifies these instances to intimate that no diversity of condition obstructs that holy unity which he recommends. This clause, too, is added suitably and appropriately, for envy might at that time arise from two sources, because the Jews were not willing that the Gentiles should be put on a level with them, and where one had some excellence above others, with the view of maintaining his superiority, he withdrew himself to a distance from his brethren." we have all drunk in one spirit. It is literally, we have drunk into one spirit, but it would seem that, in order that the two words n, in, and n, one, might not immediately follow each other, Paul intentionally changed n, in, to ice, into, as he is accustomed frequently to do hence his meaning seems rather to be that we are made to drink through the influence as he had said before of the spirit of christ than that we have drunk into the same spirit it is uncertain however whether he speaks here of baptism or of the supper i am inclined however to understand him as referring to the supper as he makes mention of drinking for i have no doubt that he intended to make an allusion to the similitude of the sign there is however no correspondence between drinking and baptism now though the cup forms but the half of the supper there is no difficulty arising from that for it is a common thing in scripture to speak of the sacraments by synecdoche thus he mentioned above in the tenth chapter verse seventeen simply the bread making no mention of the cup the meaning therefore will be this that participation in the cup has an eye to this That we drink all of us of the same cup for in that ordinance we drink of the life-giving blood of christ that we may have life in common with him which we truly have when he lives in us by his spirit he teaches therefore that believers so soon as they are initiated by the baptism of christ are already imbued with a desire of cultivating mutual unity and then afterwards, when they receive the sacred supper, they are again conducted by degrees to the same unity, as they are all refreshed at the same time with the same drink. End of section 55.